Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Falato's Fantasy Corner here on the Big Blue View Radio Network. I am the host of this little program, Nicholas Falato, and we're going to dive into the Week 4 slate of games in the National Football League. Hopefully, we get some fantasy victories. Let's get right to it, starting with the Houston Texans traveling up to the Buffalo Bills where the Bills are favored by 17 points. That is astronomical, and rightfully so, because the Bills' defense is really good so far this season, and they've progressed since that Week 1 embarrassing loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they get to host Davis Mills, who had an extended week because he played on Thursday Night Football and looked better than I originally anticipated against the Carolina Panthers, but this is still going to be a really, really bad time for the Houston Texans. The over-under is 47. A lot of that is going to the Buffalo Bills, obviously, with a point spread of 17 points, according to Vegas. And in this game, in terms of Houston, I think you can start Brandon Cooks, and that's probably the only person I'm going to be entertaining. Cooks, look, doesn't matter who the quarterback is. They just target, hyper-target Brandon Cooks because Brandon Cooks is a really, really good NFL wide receiver. He's my 22nd-ranked wide receiver right now, so that's a low-end wide receiver two, and that's purely off volume. I think he's going to see a lot of Tredavious White, who's a very good cornerback, but I'm not looking to start Davis Mills. I'm not looking to start any of those running backs, to be honest. So let's just go right to Buffalo. Buffalo's defense, yes, if you have them, you're going to be starting them at home against Davis Mills. Josh Allen, you're going to be starting. I think you can start Zach Moss as a low, I would say a flex type of play. It's not somebody that I'm running to start. I have him on the bench in a couple different leagues. I just don't necessarily have the courage to start him quite yet with Devin Singletary still there, even though that he is probably the primary running back, the goal line back on a team that is favored by 17 points. So he has all of those things going for him, but I still have him as my running back 25. So just outside of a running back two, it just depends on your roster. If you just picked up Chuba Hubbard and you have players like that, I would rather go with a guy like Chuba Hubbard. If you had Kareem Hunt or a Miles Gaskin, I'd probably lean in that direction over someone like Zach Moss, just because Josh Allen is going to get his rushing touchdowns. Zach Moss, he's been playing well, But you have Devin Singletary there. I'm not entertaining Devin Singletary. I'll entertain Zach Moss if I have him, but I still want to see a little bit more. And I do believe he is the back to own going forward, but we'll see how this week transpires. As for wide receivers, Stefan Diggs, you're going to be playing him. I think you can play Cole Beasley. You can. He's coming off of a 13-target game. That's the second time this season he's had 13 targets, but you got to hope all those targets and that fantasy production happens in the first two and a half quarters because I think Buffalo could be blowing this team out by mid-third quarter, and then they're not going to throw the football football as much, which leads to more carries for Zach Moss. And if that does happen, and Devin Singletary, and that does happen, that kind of bodes well for those two running backs. But I already kind of laid out my case for Zach Moss and, and, and Devin Singletary. I like Emmanuel Sanders, but again, there's only a finite amount of mouths to feed in this offense. And if he doesn't hit on a big play early, then you're kind of screwed because the game script should be getting out of the way from Josh Allen throwing the football. But I do believe Josh Allen can, you know, score 
28 points <laughs> early in this game until it's just way out of hand. You just got to hope that it goes to Emmanuel Sanders. He's not ranked in my top 35. And Cole Beasley is like my 36th, I think, ranked receiver. 35th, I believe. So that's kind of where I'm at there. And I can see why people would want to get away from Beasley and go to a more competitive type of game. But he should see some early action. As for the tight ends, Dawson Knox, he's a solid tight end to pick up on the waiver wire and plug into your lineup. He has touchdown upside, has two touchdowns this season. Doesn't get all that much work through the passing game. And like I said earlier, this might not be all that competitive of a game, leading to less passing in the second half. But I still look at Dawson Knox and I say, would I rather start Dawson Knox or Jonu Smith? Uh, I lean Dawson Knox there with the touchdown upside against a Houston team that has been surrendering a lot of fantasy points to the tight end position. So I have Dawson Knox right now as my tight end 17. But that's basically everything we need to go over in the Houston Buffalo game. So let's transition to a gross matchup between the Detroit Lions going to Soldier Field and playing the Chicago Bears. The Bears are favored by three with a ugly over-under of 41 points. So in this game, you're not going to entertain Justin Fields if he ends up starting unless you're in a super flex league. But I am still not cutting him, to be honest. I'm going to put him on my bench, and I'm going to wait for his time because his time is coming to be a solid fantasy option. As an NFL quarterback, he's still a rookie. He's going to make mistakes. I really don't want to start any quarterback from this game with an over-under of 41 points. As for running backs, DeAndre Swift, you're going to start. Dan Campbell came out recently this week, and he said, we're going to lean on DeAndre Swift more. And they've been leaning on him solidly, but we've seen a lot of Jamal Williams. DeAndre Swift got stuffed at the goal line last week. They brought in Jamal Williams. I still think Jamal Williams is an okay flex type of play going forward, but I'm monitoring it. And if I can get away from it on the road in this game, I am. I probably don't want to start Jamal Williams. I believe I have him ranked right now. I have Jamal Williams as my running back 26, but I actually might drop him down a little bit. I really, really do like DeAndre Swift. You're definitely starting DeAndre Swift on DraftKings. He's 6,200. That's not terrible. David Montgomery, you're going to be starting. Last week was, I mean, for the entire Bears offense was somewhat of an aberration, and you can run on the Detroit Lions, so fire up David Montgomery. Don't get off of him after a down week. Jamal Williams, if you can get away from him, you can. I might bump him down a couple spots, like I said. Uh, where I had him ranked before. I might bump him down a couple spots, but you can in a pinch in a deep league start Jamal Williams, who's still going to see work despite Dan Campbell saying that he wants to kind of give DeAndre Swift a little bit more work. Now, this is where it gets a little tricky. These wide receivers, look, I'm not going to start a Brown. You're not starting Darnell Mooney, who, who I still feel like can be a solid contributor. I actually have him on my bench, but this offense is just a mess right now with Matt Nagy. If Andy Dalton plays, I feel much better about Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney. If you have Allen Robinson, I think this is a game where you have to start him, to be honest. It's been horrendous so far in PPR leagues. He's only scored over 10 points once, and it was barely, and it was because he had a touchdown. He had two catches on four targets for 24 yards in week two against Cincinnati. I think this is going to be a little bit of a get-right game. You can take advantage of Detroit's secondary, and I think Allen Robinson, especially if Andy Dalton plays, can have a little bit of a bounce-back game. It's still not you know, a high upside type of play, but if you have him, you're probably going to roll him out there as a wide receiver, you know, back-end wide receiver two, wide receiver three. You just wish it was a little bit more. And TJ Hawkinson, you're going to fire up. Just disregard last week and how abysmal it was. Fire that up. Let's move on to Tennessee and the Jets. Another barn burner right here with the New York Jets hosting the Tennessee Titans and their home dogs by six points. Titans are favored by six, 44 and a half point over under. Derrick Henry might be one of the better, if not the best plays in fantasy football. All the wide receivers are essentially out for Ryan Tannehill. There's not going to be a Julio Jones. There's not going to be an A.J. Brown. For Zach Wilson, there's not going to be an Elijah Moore, but there will be a Jamison Crowder. That doesn't mean anything to me. I'm not starting anybody in this game outside of Derrick Henry, obviously. 
I think Anthony Ferkser in a deep league is somebody you can entertain because he's healthy. He did not play last week, and now he's healthy, and I think he's going to have a bigger passing involvement with all of these wide receivers out. If you're in a three-receiver league, 12-team, and you really need a receiver, I think Nicholas Westbrook-Akeen is somebody that you can pick up. He saw four targets, caught all four for 53 yards and a touchdown last week, but Honestly, I'd probably try to avoid it. Corey Davis is in that same category. Tennessee has been bad against against uh, wide receivers, and this is a revenge game. But Zach Wilson and this offensive line have not necessarily been good. I think Corey Davis is somebody, again, three wide receiver league, 12 team. If you're desperate and had some wide receiver injuries, you can kind of plug him into your lineup in those types of situations. I have him ranked outside of my top 35. I'd probably have him around 42, so somewhere around there. So he's going to get a lot of targets, and that's something I love. And it's not against a great secondary, which makes me want to kind of bump him up just a little bit. But you have to realize how bad the New York Jets are right now. They're not great. And this is going to be an ugly game where the Titans are going to try to deflate the football and just run the ball, control the clock, and have Derrick Henry do his thing. And that's what's probably going to happen. And I also think Michael Carter is somebody that I'm not going to play, but I'm probably going to pick up and I'm just going to just wait and see. Because I want to I want to see if this kid's role expands as the Jets continue to kind of toil it down. And I see him on a lot of waiver wires. And if you have an extra spot on your bench, just kind of Sit him there, and, and, and let's see what ends up happening. But I do not have the confidence to play him at all. The Titans' defense you can fire up just because the Jets have been really, really bad. But they're not a talented defense, so it's kind of low upside. Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles. Love to see this. Patrick Mahomes getting to play. An NFC East team that is not the Giants. I love that. So the Chiefs are favored by 7 on the road, and it's a 54-point over-under. So juicy, juicy, juicy for fantasy points. You're firing up Pat Mahomes. You're firing up Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts did not look great on Monday Night Football. It's a short week against one of the best teams in the National Football League. But Kansas City hasn't been great at stopping quarterbacks. They rank 32nd, according to DraftKings, in fantasy points allowed to the quarterback position. And Jalen Hurts... He can suck and still be good for fantasy, and we saw that last week. He finished, what was it? I think it was in the top 12. He ended up finishing with a really, really good fantasy score, despite the fact that he was not good in real life at all, and he made bad mistakes. But that rushing upside that he has with his legs really, really help him out. I have him as my quarterback 12. I think you're starting him if you have him on your team, unless you have like a Russell Wilson, or if you picked up Derek Carr, who I have higher than him, Dak Prescott, or something like that. But if you have Jalen Hurts, you're more than likely starting him. As for the running backs, Miles Sanders and Clyde Edwards-Elaire, they're low-end running back twos for me, I would say. Uh, if I had him, I'd probably start him, but I would start Chuba Hubbard, somebody who you know you picked up off the free agent wire over both of them. Daryl Henderson, who should be playing against Arizona. I would consider Chase Edmonds over both of them. Right now, I have Clyde Edwards-Alaire at 21, and I have Miles Sanders at 19. The thing I like about Miles Sanders is Nick Sirianni knows that he did not run the football enough. They did a lot of RPOs, and Jalen Hurts ended up keeping the ball. And remember, in the first half, they had that defensive touch- touchdown so they didn't have the ball all that much anyways. So they got away from the run. And I think they're really going to correct that this week with Miles Sanders. They're going to run the football. And the Chiefs aren't that great against the run. A lot of people are off Miles Sanders. I think he's a little bit more of a sneaky play, a little bit more of a get-right game. But he's going to need some passing involvement. 
because the Chiefs could, you know, get up to a 17 to 3 type of lead here. It looked like last week they wanted to use Miles Sanders in the passing game. He did see four targets. They had some screens to him. He dropped the pass. He's not that great in that situation, but Kenneth Gainwell is going to be there as well. He has a role too. But if you have Miles Sanders, I think you can fire him up as a low end. RB2. As for the wide receivers, Tyreek Hill, he has had two straight down games right now. I think that's going to stop soon. He had 40 points against Cleveland in week one, and I expect him to blow up eventually. I have Tyreek Hill in my top five receivers. I'm not worried about him. You're going to start him. Nor am I worried about Devonta Smith, who hasn't done much since that week one game against Atlanta. The air yards are there. He's being targeted downfield. He just hasn't connected with Jalen Hurts. I expect that to be righted. So I'm going to play Devonta Smith as a, I would say, wide receiver three, to be honest, and he could be a flex if you're in a two-wide receiver league. I have him as my wide receiver 28 right now, just behind Robert Woods, who uh, I really want Bobby Trees to get right, man. I really do, because it's been very frustrating. I have Robert Woods in a league, and uh, he's he's been frustrating just because you see what Cooper Cup is doing. You see what Van Jefferson did. You see what Deshaun Jackson did. Robert Woods is like, what about me? But it could be his week, but we'll talk about that during the the matchup between the Arizona Cardinals and the Los Angeles Rams. I'm not starting Jalen Rager. I'm not starting any of the other receivers that the Chiefs have. Travis Kelsey obviously start. Don't need to really get into that. Dallas Goddard, definitely somebody that you can start. He only saw four targets last week. Zach Ertz being there definitely hurts Dallas Goddard, and it limits his upside because a lot of targets kind of get shuffled to Zach Ertz. I've Goddard as my tight end 13 just behind Jared Cook. I think you can play him in a game that is going to have a lot of passing, a game where Jalen Hurts is probably going to have to rely on these receiving weapons, and Goddard is number one or number two on the pecking order of weapons that they have. And as for defenses here, you can fire up the Chiefs just because Jalen Hurts can make mistakes, but there are definitely better defenses out there right now. The Chiefs defense looked like they could be a problem early on in that Cleveland game week one against Baker Mayfield and company. They ended up squeaking out that win, but I don't think they're as talented as people imagined after that game. All right, moving on to Carolina and Dallas, where Sammy Darnold gets to go to Jerry World and play these Dallas Cowboys, where the Cowboys are favored by four and a half points with a 51 and a half point over under. I think you can start both quarterbacks here. Dak Prescott being a better start. I have Prescott as my quarterback, I believe six, if I'm not mistaken. No, quarterback seven. I'm sorry. Sam Darnold as my quarterback 14. Gets a little bit of an extended week to to plan and prepare for this Dallas defense that looks like it's no joke. It looks like Trevon Diggs is really coming into his own. Had an excellent game in prime time, Monday Night Football. And when that happens, a lot of people kind of start recognizing your name and putting respect to it. So for running backs, Ezekiel Elliott, 6,500 on DraftKings. You're going to be playing him. I get it. DraftKings shows that Carolina is the number one run defense. But the Carolina Panthers have played the Jets. The Carolina Panthers have played the Texans. The Carolina Panthers have played the Saints when eight of their coaches were out with COVID. I expect there to still be a lot of running. I'm not 100% certain how Phil Snow, the Carolina defensive coordinator, is going to play the Dallas Cowboys if he's going to stay in that too high shell and allow them to run the football like like the Philadelphia Eagles did. I'm not really certain, but we'll see. I still, if you have Zeke, you're going to start him. Tony Pollard, I think you can possibly flex him, but I would like to try to get away from him a little bit because Zeke is the guy that they use in the red zone. Tony Pollard is the player that they're going to design some gadget plays for. They're going to have him spell Zeke every now and again. He's going to get, you know, his 10 touches, but his 10 touches enough, which he's very efficient with his touches, so it could be, but his 10 touches enough to have a boom type of game that's going to win you your 
fantasy week and i'm not 100 percent certain if that's the case so you probably have better options i believe i do have tony pollard ranked though tony pollard is my running back at 27 right now might have to bump him down just a spot or two because i look at it depends on the injuries if if elijah mitchell doesn't play trey sermon might get a slight bump up and things along those lines but Tony Pollard, he's in flex consideration. Chuba Hubbard, I have him as my running back 15 right now. If you picked him up, you probably spent some fab or burned a number one waiver claim on him. You're more than likely going to be starting Chuba Hubbard, and he should be in, you know, for... He's going to split with Royce Freeman. He's not going to have the whole Christian McCaffrey role, but he should be in for at least 15 touches against this Dallas defense. It's better than a lot of us expected. And in PPR leagues, he should be used as well as a receiver. So I think you're firing him up. Dalton Schultz, I think he's somebody, if you picked up off the free agent wire, I don't really want to chase the points, to be honest. He had 26 full point PPR with those two touchdowns on Monday Night Football. I expect a lot of that to regress and go over to CeeDee Lamb and go over to Amari Cooper. A lot of defenses are leaving Dalton Schultz open underneath, and he's making some plays with the opportunity that he has. And in a gross tight end situation with an over-under this large, you can definitely entertain Dalton Schultz, but don't expect a huge type of game like he just had. I have Dalton Schultz right now as my tight end 18. And then the defenses, Carolina is interesting, but this Cowboys team is just way too potent on offense that you're not going to entertain that. And for these wide receivers... CD Lamb, Mark Cooper, you're starting. DJ Moore, you're starting. Robbie Anderson, oof, this is a tough one. Look, they just traded Dan Arnold, so targets are going to be opening up. Is that are those targets going to go to Robbie Anderson or are they going to go to Terrace Marshall? I think a lot of them are going to go to Terrace Marshall. I know there's no Christian McCaffrey and they're not going to be dumping it off as much to Chuba Hubbard. I think Robbie Anderson is somebody you you, you just have to wait and see. Just prove it to me that you are not the bust that I feel like you're going to be. Last week, he had a prime opportunity against a Houston team that wasn't all that great, and he got targeted twice. DJ Moore is the beneficiary of Sam Darnold's eyes right now, and he's right now without Christian McCaffrey. The offense revolves around him and not Robbie Anderson. So Robbie Anderson can go off and have a big touchdown, and that would be all well and good, but I don't think I have the courage to put him in my lineup as of right now, but I'm not going to begrudge anybody if they have to in 12-team, three-wide receiver leagues. Moving on to, oh, those New York football giants traveling to the New Orleans Saints, where the over-under is 42 points gross, and the Giants are dogs by seven points. They're a touchdown dog and an extra point against these New Orleans Saints, a team where they're just not trying to expose Jameis Winston to throwing the football all that often. They throw the ball like 20 times a game. It's absolutely insane what they're doing, but hey, it is what it is. But because of that, I don't want to start any Saint other than Alvin Kamara. I don't want to start any of these wide receivers. Don't want to start any of those tight ends. Now, one of them can catch a long touchdown pass. Something crazy can happen. You know, Deontay Harris can go deep and catch the ball. That can easily happen. Marquez Callaway he made a contested catch touchdown last week against New England. It was really great. Doesn't matter. I'm not going to entertain it. If you have Saquon Barkley, I don't think you can get away from him. You're going to end up starting Saquon Barkley, whose workload has just been increased every week. Devontae Booker didn't even dress last week. I have Barkley right now as my running back 14. I'm not super high against this New Orleans defense, which you're definitely starting if you have them, because that defense is stout. We're in rank third right now in yards allowed, rushing yards allowed. And I mean, when you have guys like Malcolm Jenkins, Demario Davis, Cameron Jordan, you're going to have a really, really good veteran type of defense that's not going to allow teams to run the football on them. I think Daniel Jones, he's in a tough spot. He's going to get pressured a lot by Dennis Allen. He's going to see a lot of man coverage. Jason Garrett calls his offense that 
doesn't necessarily have man like he has man beaters in his office don't get me wrong but the overall philosophy of the offense there's not a lot of horizontal breaking routes over the middle of the field which are generally routes that take advantage of man coverage doesn't really use mesh concept all that often he usually uses stacks or bunch to defeat man coverage with releases off the line of scrimmage which I like but it doesn't diversify much from that which is kind of an issue that I have because if you run mesh which is just a drag route against man coverage you know man coverage has the cornerback has outside leverage you start running over the middle he's going to have to get to that near hip you hit that wide receiver in stride he can outrun that cornerback and then pick up a significant amount of yardage everybody else is in man coverage lined up against with their backs turned to the play you can really hit a big play doing that but i don't see jason garrett put that in his playbook all that often so i look at a lot of these these pieces for the giants you know daniel jones i have daniel jones right now i have him ranked as my quarterback 21 mainly because of his legs but i don't want to start daniel jones that doesn't make me feel comfortable at all not in this environment not against new orleans so right now we're looking at alvin kamara and saquon barkley as the only two that you're i'm comfortable starting i think kenny galladay because of the injuries to darius slayton and sterling shepherd i think you can put him in as a wide receiver three flex it's a little uncertain right now right now is Lattimore going to shadow Kenny Galladay because if he does the Giants may really look to get the ball to Colin Johnson Kadarius Tony, John Ross who may be healthy for this game and you know Kadarius Tony, if you're in a deep league you may want a speculative add him to your bench only if you have a deep type of team I don't know if Jason Garrett's going to be able to maximize Kadarius Tony's unique skill set but we don't know how long the injuries of Darius Slayton and Sterling Shepard are going to be. I'm not a doctor, but I wouldn't imagine they're going to be super long because there hasn't been any discussion about putting them on on IR as of right now. But Kenny Galladay, I think he's a flex, but you have to know what you're getting into. The Giants should throw the football a lot if the Saints can get off to a lead, but they're not necessarily an explosive offense. This necessarily isn't a game you want to attack for fantasy. But there is one player I want to bring up. I know. It's gross, but Evan Ingram is a tight end that you can entertain here. The Giants love devising plays for Evan Ingram. He was about an inch away from having a touchdown last week if Dante Fowler didn't knock the ball out of the air. Jason Garrett loves to devise these plays in the red zone for Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram is a unique talent. He's a unique athlete. He's not that great of a football player. I get all of those things. All those things can be true, but he could still have opportunity. He could still receive targets, and the Giants have to get the football to reliable targets. They view Evan Ingram as a reliable target. Kenny Galladay is a reliable target. Kenny Galladay is seeing Lattimore coverage. Ingram should be open over the middle of the field quite often. In PPR leagues, he's somebody that you can put into your lineup, and I get it. It's not amazing i have him as my tight end 14 right now so if you have mike gesicki or tyler higby or noah Fant or logan thomas or kyle pitts or jared cook i would start them over evan ingram but you know you start getting into that territory of you know hunter henry and dalton schultz i may go with ingram because of the opportunity yell at me on twitter about it i get it he's he's been a colossal disappointment for the last two seasons in this jason garrett offense but you know opportunity is opportunity and all it takes is one missed tackle and everything can take it to the house i don't expect that to happen though defense is you're playing the saints that's definite let's move on though to the cleveland browns and the minnesota vikings cleveland goes to minnesota where the vikings are dogs by two points cleveland's 
favored by two, 51 and a half point over under. We know what the both these teams like to do. They're wide zone teams. Kevin Stefanski used to be the offensive coordinator for a lot of these players. Kirk Cousins, Dalvin Cook, he was the offensive coordinator just two years ago for the Minnesota Vikings back in 2019. I think you can definitely start Kirk Cousins in this game. It's, it might be a little bit of a slower game, but I expect scoring. Kirk Cousins has been really, really good this season. Really, really good. So I have Kirk Cousins ranked right now as my quarterback... I think it is 13. Yes, quarterback 13. Baker Mayfield is my quarterback 19. I think you can play Mayfield, but Mayfield always has just a capped upside because they love to run the football. They run the football so often, so you're hoping that OBJ can make a big play. Without Jarvis Landry there, he's not necessarily a quarterback that I love. He's not a quarterback that should kill you either, though. He's a quarterback with a low floor. That's kind of who Baker Mayfield is in terms of fantasy football right now. So I think both these guys are in play in super flex leagues. Kirk Cousins more in just one quarterback league. I wouldn't entertain Baker Mayfield in those formats. Dalvin Cook, if he's healthy, you're playing him. He's Dalvin Cook. If not, you need to get Alexander Madison. Alexander Madison's not even owned 100% in a lot of fantasy leagues, and he should be. If you're the Dalvin Cook owner, you should have Alexander Madison, especially after last week. Looks like Dalvin Cook should play. He got a lot of reps in practice reportedly, so that's really, really good for anybody who has Dalvin Cook on their roster. Nick Chubb, you're going to be playing. I think Kareem Hunt you can play as well. This is a game with a high over-under. Kareem Hunt's going to see his 10, 12, 13 touches, and I think you can play Kareem Hunt. I have Kareem Hunt right now as, I think, a running back two. So I'm, I have him in a couple leagues, and I'm going to be starting him. Depending on options that you have, you can play him. They love to use him near the goal line, despite the fact that they have Nick Chubb. And this is a game, like I said earlier, that has a high over-under. Justin Jefferson, you're going to play. Adam Thielen, you're going to play. Adam Thielen is just somebody who scores touchdowns. I mean, it doesn't really make all that much sense. He's just incredibly efficient at getting in the end zone. He's scoring those touchdowns. Usually touchdown regression happens, but it hasn't for for Mr. Adam Thielen. So if you have Adam Thielen, you can plug him into your lineup and start him because he's been balling out and has a touchdown in each game. One, he has two touchdowns in this season. I have him as my wide receiver 17. I have Justin Jefferson as my wide receiver 7. I have Odell Beckham Jr. as my wide receiver 26 in this matchup. So if you have Odell, you're going to play him as a wide receiver 3 type of type of wide receiver against a secondary that has not been good in Minnesota. These tight ends, Austin Hooper, if you have him, I believe you can play him as well. He only had three targets last week, which was disappointing, but it's not like they had to throw the football all that often last week because they absolutely just blew out Chicago, who was just inept offensively. Tyler Conklin, he's been dinged up. He had a glute injury and an elbow injury, but he has no injury designation going into Sunday, and he saw eight targets last week. Cleveland is a good defense. And I think they're going to probably keep their tight end in often to help with Miles Garrett, to help with Young Clowney. So I don't expect a repeat of what we saw. I think the Vikings are going, they're probably going to align an 11 personnel and keep Tyler Conklin in to block, chip, and then release. And if Kirk Cousins can't get Justin Jefferson or KJ Osborne or Adam Thielen or Dalvin Cook, then he might dump it off to a Tyler Conklin. And I like Conklin. I think his skill set is, is fine. He's not a high upside type of athlete, but he's reliable, has reliable hands, runs solid routes to the short to intermediate parts of the field. And he was able to do that against Seattle secondary. But Seattle secondary isn't the Cleveland Brown secondary. Seattle secondary is one of the worst secondaries in the league. So Tyler Conklin, I, I have him ranked right now. But just because I think they're probably going to use tight ends to block a little bit in this game, I don't think he's necessarily someone with a ton of upside. Let me get my rankings up here. I have Tyler Conklin ranked as my tight end 20. So I have him actually right behind Hunter Henry. And something interesting about the Hunter Henry thing, I'll get into that actually during during that matchup. So he's somebody that you can play if you're in a pinch, but there's probably better options out there for you. And as for these defenses, the Browns, 
I mean, they're going up against the Vikings, who have been a, such an efficient offense. And I love the Browns' defense from a talent standpoint, but I'm probably going to stay away from both of these defenses, unless you can't help it. And if you can't help it, I guess you probably would have to go with the Browns just because of their ability to put pressure on quarterbacks. I mean, you have Miles Garrett. He's just insane. Let's go to Indianapolis and Miami. Not really necessarily a great game for fantasy output, but we have the Miami Dolphins favored by two and a half at home with a 41 and a half point over under. Not looking to play Carson Wentz or Jacoby Brissett. Jonathan Taylor, if you have him, you're going to play him. He's been a really, really, really bad disappointment so far. I mean, he had a solid uh, game against Seattle because he caught six passes for 60 yards on seven targets, but he has not done it quite yet. Quentin Nelson is out, so it's not a great situation. I mean, I don't love Miles Gaskin in terms of running the football, but Indianapolis's defense has been a letdown. He should get at least 10 carries, and he's going to get his, you know, six or seven targets from Jacoby Brissett, and he used to get those from Tua as well. So in PPR leagues, I think if you have Miles Gaskin, you could fire him up. Naeem Hines is interesting too, just because Naeem Hines and the Miami Dolphins, Naeem Hines is a receiving type of back. The Miami Dolphins are a team that have been just giving giving points through the air to the running back position. That meshes very well with what Naheem Hines can do. It's just Naheem Hines, he'll have these 14-point games, a three-point game, then an 18-point game. That is what happened from week one, two, three. It's very, very unpredictable. In full-point PPR leagues, yes, you could start Naheem Hines, but you just got to kind of realize that it's inconsistent. It ebbs and flows with Naheem Hines. I have him ranked as my running back 35, and that's in half-point PPR and full-point PPR. He would obviously get a bump. You're going to start Mike Kosicki in this game because that – that guy got 12 targets from Jacoby Brissett last week. And so if you picked up Mike Kosicki or if you've been holding on to him, you're going to be starting him in this affair. And the Dolphins defense, I think, is in play just because Carson Wentz in this Indianapolis offense has just not looked great. I think they can put some pressure. That secondary is really good as well. And then you get to these wide receivers. Look, Michael Pittman Jr., a... If you have him, it's hard to get away from him. And I don't really trust Carson Wentz, and I don't love this matchup, but he's seen 24 targets in the last two games, 12 in each. That's a lot of targets. This guy's target share is massive for the Indianapolis Colts, and I get that Miami has Xavier Howard, and I get that Miami has a good secondary, but Michael Pittman Jr. is seeing too much opportunity to ignore, and he's been used in the short routes. He's been used vertically. He has the air yards. I think Michael Pittman Jr. is somebody that if you have, you're probably going to play. I have him ranked right now as a wide receiver three Round wide receiver three, I have him at wide receiver 31, just behind Marquise Brown. So he's definitely somebody that you can start in three wide receiver leagues, and he's a flex option in those two wide receiver leagues. As for these uh, these Dolphins wide receivers, I really don't want to start any of them except for maybe Jalen Waddle, just because he gets so many targets. He caught 12 of 13 last week for 58 yards. He lost a fumble. 58 yards. Who would have thought Jalen Waddle, one of the most explosive athletes to ever play in the NFL, catches 12 passes and only gets 58 yards? If he sees that type of opportunity this week, he's not going to only have 58 yards. That's going to change. He's somebody who can make one man miss and then he's gone because he's so damn fast. So do not worry about that. If you have Jalen Waddle, he would also be a wide receiver three around the same rank as Michael Pittman. I actually think I have them back-to-back with Pittman just getting a slight edge. I don't really have too much interest in Will Fuller. I mean, if he's on your free agent wire, I'd pick him up just because we know that he is talented. And he almost connected on a long touchdown pass last week. But 
Jacoby Brissett is manning this passing attack right now, and you have Jalen Waddle, and you have Mike Gesicki, and you have Devontae Parker, and they throw the ball to Miles Gaskin. It's just uh, there's a lot of mouths to feed here in this game that doesn't have too much fantasy sexiness. Let's move on to one more matchup before we take a break from the ads, and that is the Washington football team playing the Atlanta Falcons and the Washington football team. They are favored by one and a half points in Atlanta with a 47 and a half point over under here. Taylor Heineke, look, he's putting up fantasy points. He got kind of lucky last week with Antonio Gibson doing all the work on that screen pass, but he's had over 23 fantasy points and four point passing touchdown leagues two weeks in a row. I have Heineke ranked as my quarterback 16 right now, the Falcons defense. And I know giant fans, this is crappy to hear but the Falcons defense is not that great they're getting AJ Terrell back which is good Giants were only able to put up 14 points on them I think the Falcons can give up a little bit more points against this Washington football team but Antonio Gibson's has this shoulder injury and it's not certain if he's going to play if he plays I think you have to put him into your lineup he has a shin injury as well that's what he's been kind of dealing with right now and if he doesn't play that makes JD McKissick much more appealing and he's definitely somebody that in PPR leagues you want to play last week he wasn't necessarily all that involved in terms of getting the targets he caught both of his targets for 15 yards but at the same time JD McKissick is somebody in a game that should be competitive which I think this game will be because Washington's defense is so bad that the Falcons may be able to score some points or at least make this a field goal type matchup to where JD McKissick is going to be out there the two minute drill and on third down especially with a hobbled Antonio Gibson. He's somebody to pay attention to, somebody to maybe even pick up on your free agent wire right now just in case Sunday rolls around and 11 o'clock or 12 o'clock Eastern time comes around and he's ruled out. And then you can go and get McKissick. You can put him in if you really need somebody, if you're in a desperate type of situation. Matt Ryan, I'm not really wanting to start. He just checks down a lot. That's kind of Arthur Smith's philosophy right now. He doesn't really press the ball vertically and that could be because Matt Ryan doesn't necessarily have the arm strength to attack vert- vertically like he used to. And I have him as my quarterback 23 in this matchup. So if you can get away from him, please do. Cordero Patterson and Mike Davis, I think they're both in play here. I really do. They both gobble up so many targets. Washington has not been good. They've just not been a good defense, which is kind of crazy to think about. A lot of people had him ranked really, really high. Mike Davis, I have him as running back 22. Cordero Patterson, I have him as a running back 31. I think they're both in play and you can start them both. I have Antonio Gibson as running back 12, which is a little bit high because he's been a little bit of a letdown, but I don't really believe in Atlanta's defense all that much, which is ah, so painful to say as a Giants fan and somebody who covers the Giants because we saw what happened last week. But if you have Antonio Gibson, you're starting him if he's healthy. Kyle Pitts, I mean, it hasn't been what people hoped. And I watched a lot of that Giant game, obviously. I watched all the broadcasts. I watched all the All-22. I went back and watched the All-22 bits and pieces of it again to, to really get a firm grasp of what the heck happened last week. And they really schemed to take Kyle Pitts away in some key situations. Not enough because Kyle Pitts came up with those two big plays at the end of the game. But that is what it is. He only had three targets last week. He's going to get right eventually. He, he is. If you drafted Kyle Pitts, I think you have to start him. I think you have to rely on him. Logan Thomas, you're definitely starting because he just will always get those, you know, four or five catches a game 
He, he's not targeted that much. The target share isn't there. It isn't quite what it was last year. He had four targets last week, caught four of them for 42 and then a touchdown. But the tight end market is just disgusting. And Logan Thomas, I have him as a top 10 tight end. I have him as my seventh ranked tight end. Kyle Pitts as my 11th ranked tight end. Kyle Pitts obviously has a higher type of ceiling and he could blow up if Washington and Jack Del Rio don't focus on him enough. But the lack of vertical passing attack from Matt Ryan and Arthur Smith right now is limiting his upside. So that's kind of where I am with Kyle Pitts. I mean, if you picked up Mike Kosicki, I'd probably go with Kosicki over Pitts. Tyler Higby, if you have him, I'd go with Tyler Higby over Pitts. But if you have him, you're more than likely starting Kyle Pitts. Alrighty, everybody. Before we get into the four o'clock slate of games and the primetime games, let's take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Seattle travels to San Francisco to play the 49ers. This NFC West battle between these two teams that are very, very familiar with each other. The 49ers are favored by three. The over-under is 52 points. And Seattle may be starting this season off one in three, which is crazy to think about, which is really, really insane. 49ers, I don't know when they're going to transition to Trey Lance. So we have Jimmy Garoppolo still in play. I have him as my quarterback 22 I wouldn't advise starting him even in a a prime matchup unless you're in a super flex type of league, a deeper super flex type of league. League. Seattle is not a great defense. Russell Wilson, you're going to be starting. It doesn't really matter. He's just an absolute stud. Even though Tyler Lockett's a little dinged up, Tyler Lockett should be playing in this game. Asher DK Metcalf, both of those guys are plugged into your lineup. Running back, this is where it gets interesting. Chris Carson, you're playing. Elijah Mitchell, he's questionable in this game with that shoulder injury. If Elijah Mitchell sits... I can entertain Trey Sermon because Seattle has been terrible against the run. A lot of that is a product of Derrick Henry running all over them, but they have not been good against the run. But if Elijah Mitchell plays, you may have to start him if you picked him up, depending on your other options. I would definitely go with a Chuba Hubbard over him. I would definitely go with a lot of like Daryl Henderson, you know, Chase Edmonds, Miles Gaskin, a lot of those types of players over Elijah Mitchell. San Francisco will be able to run the ball. Elijah Mitchell, I think, is their long-term guy that they have until Jeff Wilson maybe comes back from the IR just because they didn't don't show that much confidence in Trey Sermon. Yeah, he fell into the end zone last week, but it was Kyle Juszczyk there on, on two-minute drill and mostly near the goal line. So Trey Sermon doesn't give me a lot of positive vibes right now. But if Elijah Mitchell isn't there, he can be entertained as a flex type of option. Just be weary. It, it, it's tricky playing with with Kyle Shanahan fantasy assets as we've seen all season and really over the last several years. I mean, Brandon Ayuk, he just randomly didn't play. <laughs> like, think about how crazy that is. Nobody, no beat reporter even had any kind of inclination that that was happening, how frustrating it is for fantasy football. But that's kind of where I stand on this running back situation. 
If Elijah Mitchell is active, I think you can entertain him. So running back three, I'd feel much better about Mitchell than I do Sermon, even though they'd be splitting time. And Sermon is just somebody that without Mitchell, you can plug him in, but I can easily see Kyle Juszczyk being somebody who steals the touchdowns, steals some carries, gets, it's just a mess kind of if you think about it. But Chris Carson, you're definitely going to be playing. There's no doubt about that. Debo Samuel, you're definitely going to be playing like Metcalf and Lockett, like I said earlier. You're not going to entertain Freddie Swain. Uh, You're not doing that. Brennan Ayuk. Now, Brennan Ayuk, I think you can play him. I do. I, I don't believe I have him ranked right now in my top 35, but he would be one of the next receivers I would input there. Look, the snap share has gone up. The route run has gone up. The targets have gone up. The receptions have gone up. He caught a touchdown last week, and Seattle secondary is not great. So I think you can play Brandon Ayuk. I, I do. And I'm saying that as a wide receiver three, low-end wide receiver three flex type of guy, just because you still want to see a little bit more of Brendan Ayuk. You want to see a little bit more of consistency from Kyle Shanahan allowing Brendan Ayuk to do what he can do. But I do believe he is in play here. I have him in a couple leagues. I'm not playing him in one league, but that's just because I have a lot of other options that I can rely on. But Brendan Ayuk, he's somebody that is in consideration, in my opinion. The tight ends, I think you can play Will Disley. I really, really do. Gerald Everett, he has COVID-19 or he was near somebody who has COVID-19. He's on the COVID-19 list right now. Let's just say that. So he's not going to be there, which is going to lead to a lot more opportunity for Will Disley because the Seahawks like to split time between Disley and Everett. Without Everett, a lot of that, one would imagine, is going to go to Disley, who only has four targets on the year. So it's not something that I'm jumping over the moon to add him, but I think if you're in a pinch, you can add Will Disley in a game that's going to be high scoring. He could get, you know, six targets, catch five of them, hopefully fall in the end zone. I have him as a tight end 24 right now, and I could see him definitely outplaying that in a matchup that's not easy. San Francisco is is not an easy matchup whatsoever, but the target should be funneled to him in the middle of the field if they're not going to Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf because Gerald Everett is not there. George Kittle, this sucks. He looks like he may not play in this game. He's questionable according to DraftKings, but I believe he's doubtful according to Kyle Shanahan right now because of that calf injury. So you just kind of wait and see. If he's active, you're going to play him and hope that he's okay because it's not uh, confirmed that he's not that he's going to miss this game. That's not confirmed. And if he does miss this game, I don't think I'm going to go out and add Ross Dwelly and put him in there. He's just not the same type of dynamic threat. But if George Kittle does miss this game, that's going to open up a lot more opportunity for Brendan Ayuk, and I would bump him up from a flex type of play to a high-end wide receiver three. I would definitely move him and Samuel up a little bit with no George Kittle. These defenses, 49ers, you can entertain, but you're going up against Russ Wilson. Russ Wilson is a stud. He has struggled against San Francisco in the past. It's tough to play in San Francisco. And San Francisco's defense, as I said, they're good. They're a quality defense, but you're going up against a good offense as well. So you can definitely entertain it. But if I had the Broncos or a team like that, I would I would go in that direction. Alrighty. Arizona and the Rams. Now, this should be a really, really sexy game in terms of fantasy greatness, fantasy goodness, and fantasy points. The Rams are favored by four and a half at home with a fifty-four point over under you love to see that Matt Stafford and Kyler Murray no doubt you're playing both of them they're both absolute studs right now I have Matt Stafford as my quarterback four and Kyler Murray as my quarterback six so I'm really really liking what Matt Stafford could do and it looks like Daryl Henderson is going to play in this game if you have Daryl Henderson you're going to start Daryl Henderson as well I think I have him as my 
running back 16, if I'm not mistaken. That's where I do have him. According to my rankings, Chase Edmonds. I think you could start Chase Edmonds as well. He gets a lot of little dump-offs. He had eight targets, caught seven of them, 49 yards against Jacksonville. I expect that to happen a lot because the Rams' defense really do a great job taking away deep passes in the intermediate parts of the field with their quarters match type look and I think that leads to a lot of check downs in the flat so in PPR leagues if you have Chase Edmonds you're definitely going to start him in standard leagues he doesn't have as much value with James Conner stealing touchdowns from him but I still have Chase Edmonds is my running back 18 and half point type of formats. Sony Michelle with Daryl Henderson there loses his value, although I think he's going to see the field a little bit more than what he did in weeks one and two. James Conner, you just hope that he falls into the end zone, and I'm not going to play that game. I know he came, he came off a two-touchdown game last week. Still, against the Rams, I'm, I'm not going to go down that route and play. Please score a touchdown in standard leagues you can, but not in PPR leagues. Cooper Cup is lighting the fantasy world on fire right now. You're going to play Cooper Cup. DeAndre Hopkins, look, he's practicing full on Thursday. He's going to play. Even if he didn't, he's going to play. He's going to see a lot of Jalen Ramsey, though. I think if you have DeAndre Hopkins, you're going to play DeAndre Hopkins. But you got to temper your expectations. Like, I have him right now as my wide receiver 20. That's that's low. That's that's low for somebody of the talent with an over-under of 54 points of DeAndre Hopkins, if you if you think about it. But if you have him, I think you have to play him. Just know that it might not go all that well. I think Christian Kirk is somebody you can play as well because there's going to be a lot of attention paid to Kyler Murray, a lot of attention paid to DeAndre Hopkins, which should lead to a little bit less attention to Christian Kirk, who I have as my wide receiver 34. I think if you have Kirk, you can flex him. You can play him as a wide receiver 3. Rondell Moore, not going down that route. You know, if you picked him up, I won't cut him quite yet, but it's going to be, you know, it's going to just be an inconsistent time trying to predict when he's going to go off and when he's not. Robert Woods. Now, this one sucks, like I said, because he just hasn't had a great start to the year. Get it in full PPR leagues. He has two games that are over 10 points. That's all well and good. But when you look at what Cooper Cup is doing, when you look at what this offense is doing, it's disappointing what Robert Woods is giving you. He only had five catches once, and he had three catches in week three and in week one. I think if the Arizona Cardinals look to stop Cooper Cup, then you would imagine Robert Woods would see more attention. But Van Jefferson is playing a lot of snaps. They like using that 11 personnel with Van Jefferson. They bring in Deshaun Jackson too. So Robert Woods isn't on the field as often as he was in the past. I think if you have Robert Woods, and I have Robert Woods in a couple leagues, you can play him in this high over-under type of game. If you look at his history, he does really well against Arizona, uh, typically. He goes off against them, and you can see Arizona trying to scheme Cup out. So I think you can start Robert Woods, but hopefully it breaks out now. If he if he has another dud, another stinker, then then you're going to be looking to bench Robert Woods. I have him as my wide receiver 27 right now, so just outside wide receiver 2 range as a wide receiver 3. Tight end-wise, Tyler Higby. Arizona's typically pretty good against tight ends. They have Isaiah Simmons. They have Zayvon Collins. They've been doing a good job using their safeties also to drop down man coverage on their t- on tight ends. But Tyler Higby had five targets, called all five, had the touchdown, had 40 yards. In this gross tight end landscape, if you have him, you're going to play him. Max Williams, I'm not going to go down there. I mean, he broke out in week two, didn't really do much last week, and there's just so many mouths to feed in Arizona. And then as for these defenses, you can always start the Rams <laughs> to be honest, because they're so talented. And if you have them, you're probably going to start them. I would not drop the Rams, even though they haven't done all that well quite yet. Arizona's a tough matchup, though, so you may want to look to stream another defense. Pittsburgh and Green Bay. Look, Pittsburgh has just been an absolute letdown in terms of fantasy. That offense is atrocious right now, and Ben Roethlisberger looks like he can't push the ball down the field. Green Bay's defense doesn't look all that great, but 
I think they can get after Roethlisberger. I think they can harass Roethlisberger. And I think Green Bay's defense is in play here. Aaron Rodgers, you're going to start. Ben Roethlisberger, you're probably not going to start. I have Ben Roethlisberger right now ranked as my quarterback 26, just behind Jameis Winston. So I'm really low on him this week. Running back Aaron Jones, you're going to start. Najee Harris, who almost set a record last week for targets, had 19 targets last week as a running back. Think about that. When Deontay Johnson did not dress and Juju went down in like the first quarter, it was just dump off the Najee Harris. That's what this offense is right now. There's no identity here. It's terrible. And he had 14 catches for 102 yards. PPR leagues, he's a stud. If you have him in any other type of format, you're still going to play Najee Harris. It's just they can't run the football, and I don't expect them to establish the run in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones on the other side. So it's it's not a great situation, but if you have Najee Harris, you're definitely going to play Najee Harris. Devontae Adams, you're starting. I think Deontay Johnson, if he's back healthy, you're going to end up playing him. Hopefully... The, the Steelers and Matt Canada don't align him on the same side as Jair Alexander, who likes to always be on the left side of the field. He hasn't traveled at all, so that's not really in Jair's game. So hopefully they do a good job ensuring that Deontay Johnson is away from him. Deontay Johnson should be in for double-digit targets. That's what they love to do, those little quick hitters, those little quick passes. So DeAndre, or I mean, if Deontay Johnson is healthy, you're going to end up starting him, and you should because he's a really, really talented player. And right now I have Johnson ranked 21st right now and again I believe he's going to play in this game Chase Claypool is dinged up he's questionable for this matchup I don't have him ranked he has a hamstring injury Claypool to me he's a big play type of guy with a quarterback that can't really create big plays and he had 15 targets last week because there was no Juju and there was no Deontay Johnson so I think you can play him as a wide receiver three if you have him. Juju Smith-Schuster, similar type of situation. He had the ribs injury, but he's going to play in this game. And I think you can play him as a low-end wide receiver three as well. Operates a lot near the line of scrimmage. And Pittsburgh's offense is Pittsburgh's offense. What do you expect? You know, there's going to be a lot of passes to these guys, but you need them to break tackles and not allow people to rally to them to make those tackles. And that's exactly what happens when you play them. Robert Tunyon's been a letdown. I think you have to play him if you have him, unless you went out and picked up a Mike Kosicki or even an Evan Ingram. I would start over someone like Robert Tunyon. I mean, seeing one target last week, that's not great. And then... I think Pat Fryermuth is somebody you can entertain in really, really deep leagues, but I, I would rather not, to be honest. And as I said earlier, the Packers defense you could play. Wouldn't really want to play the Pittsburgh Steelers defense against Aaron Rodgers. Baltimore and Denver. Teddy Bridgewater, you're going to play in two quarterback leagues. You can play him, I would say. I would say that I have Teddy Bridgewater right now. He did not have a great game last week because they were able to rush touchdowns with Javante Williams and, and Melvin Gordon. I have Bridgewater right now ranked as my quarterback 17. So one quarterback leagues, no. Two quarterback leagues, you can entertain it. As for Lamar, he had a back injury. He's fine. He should be able to play in this game, and you're going to play him if you have Lamar Jackson. These running backs, I think they're interesting, really, all of them, to be honest, in the sense that you don't really know where the ball's going to go with Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams because it could go to one or the other, and then the other one's fantasy value gets tanked after missing that opportunity. And I have Melvin Gordon as a running back 24, Javante Williams as a running back 30, Tyson Williams as a running back 28, and I don't have Latavius Murray or Devonta Freeman ranked. This Denver defense is really good, so I don't love starting Tyson Williams. I'm not going to start Latavius Murray 
if you're in a pinch and you have to start Tyson Williams and you can as a low-end running back three flex type of option, and hopefully he's utilized in the passing game, which I expect in this type of game. This is a game where Denver could, this is the challenge for Denver because Denver has played the Jacksonville Jags, they've played the Jets, they've played the Giants. They haven't really played anybody, it sucks to say, but they haven't really played anybody as of right now. And Baltimore is a good test. Baltimore almost lost last week on the road to the Detroit Lions, which is kind of crazy to think about. And that's the NFL, though. Some teams that can almost upset you. In Baltimore, they've dealt with so many injuries. They're going into a hostile environment against Denver. This could be an upset game against the Denver Broncos. And the over-under here is 44.5 points. Baltimore is favored by only one point in this game. And I look at it, man. I think about these wide receivers. I think about these running backs. There's a lot of uncertainty. It could go one way. It could go the other. I think if you have Cortland Sutton, you're going to be playing Cortland Sutton. He only had five targets last week. 37 yards, caught five balls. It's not excellent. Baltimore still has a solid secondary despite the injuries that they have suffered. Still say that it's solid. I think if you have Cortland Sutton, you could start Cortland Sutton as a wide receiver, low-end wide receiver two, wide receiver three. I have him as my wide receiver 23 against Baltimore. Marquise Brown I have as my wide receiver 30 right now. Marquise Brown could have had a huge week, but he dropped like two touchdown passes and another ball last week. It was one of his worst weeks in terms of consistency with catching the football, but he's has the deep speed, he can get vertical, he has that ability to stretch the field, but Denver's defense is really good, Patrick Sertan has looked really good, Kareem Jackson, the safety, has looked really good despite the fact that he's getting older, Justin Simmons is a superstar, that's a really good defense, and I'd start this defense, to be honest, if I had him on my team, I would plug him in and I would play him, because they've been playing really well against bad competition, so let's see if they can do it against pretty good competition, Sammy Watkins, I really don't want to really go down that path, but with the KJ Hamler injury, I think you can definitely start Tim Patrick, who, you know, <laughs> he has only one target that he didn't catch so far this season but incredibly efficient has two touchdowns he has touchdown upside i think you can entertain it in deeper type of formats tight ends you could start both mark andrews and noah fant in my opinion i have noah fant ranked as my tight end eight mark andrews as my tight end five eventually mark andrews is going to start getting into the end zone it's just which week is that going to be like i said denver's defense is really good but i still think baltimore's offense can you know do a good job running the football, then using Lamar Jackson on the run, design runs, and using that play-action game to open up the middle of the field for someone like Mark Andrews. Moving on to these primetime games, though. Tampa Bay and New England. How cool is this matchup? Tom Brady needs, what, like 70 yards or a little bit less to set the passing record in New England going back home. I think that's awesome. Tom Brady, you're going to play. Mac Jones, you're not going to play, to be honest, even though Tampa Bay is allowing a lot of passing yards. Two, two wide receivers and just opposing quarterbacks this is a young quarterback against a really, really good championship-level defense. So let's keep that in mind. I don't want to play Damian Harris because no one can run on Tampa Bay. They're going to attempt to run on Tampa Bay, but it's not going to work. I don't know if they're going to give Damian Harris the James White role. That could easily be J.J. Taylor. That could easily be Ramondre Stevenson. I'm not 100% certain who's, who it will be. I would probably pick up Stevenson, to be honest. I know they like him, the rookie that they ended up getting out of Oklahoma. And I'd put him on a bench in a deeper format, but it could easily be J.J. Taylor. You just kind of wait and see how it plays out. Actually, I have Fournette ranked solidly at running back 23 because I believe it's going to be him that adopts the Giovanni Bernard role with Giovanni Bernard out in this game. So Fournette's somebody that I have somewhat confidence in. Damian Harris, not as much. Ronald Jones, no, just because he's so unreliable and he could fumble the football or miss a pass protection, and then next thing you know, he's on the bench. And then I already laid out how I feel about the James White role. It stinks that he's out for the year. James White seems like a good guy. 
But moving on to these receivers, I would start all of those Tampa Bay wide receivers, Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans. There could be a revenge narrative with Tom Brady and Antonio Brown. There could have been a revenge narrative with Rob Gronkowski and Tom Brady, obviously, but Rob Gronkowski's doubtful in this game. As for Patriot wide receivers, I think you could definitely start Jacoby Myers, who gets all the air yards. He gets a lot of targets, had 14 against New Orleans. Has he had to score a touchdown in his career, which is insane, but they're going to be throwing the football a lot because they're going to be chasing points. So I think you can entertain Jacoby Myers as well. I'm probably not going to go down the Nelson Aguilar route. I know he had eight targets last week. He did not do a lot with them. It's just there are a lot of other receivers that I would want to start over the Kendrick Bournes of the world and the Nelson Aguilars, despite the fact that I believe Mac Jones in primetime is going to have to sling it quite often in this game. I think the tight ends, if there was one of them, I'd be much more excited about it, but it could be Hunter Henry, could be Jonu Smith. I don't want to start either. If I had to start one, I think I would go Hunter Henry, even though Jonu Smith has the athletic upside. The thing about Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith is Hunter Henry's on the field so much more often. He runs so many more routes. Jonu Smith only ran like 13 or 14 routes last game, and he dropped like, I think, three passes and was targeted six times. So when Jonu Smith is out there and he's not blocking, they use him as a receiver. They target him a lot, which is great, but at the same time, he's not out there nearly as much as Hunter Henry. Now, was that due to injury? Was that due to because he was banged up? I'm not sure. I'm just saying what the stats were from week three. So something to look into. Hunter Henry, Jonu Smith, I I don't want to start either, but they're going to see opportunity in this game against Tampa Bay. They're just going to because they're going to be losing this football game in the fourth quarter, and there's going to be a lot of throwing Mac Jones may have to rely on his tight ends, those safety blankets in the, you know, short to intermediate parts of the field. It's just which one is it going to be? And that's what kind of sucks. And then you have Cam Brate, who I think is going to be interesting just because Rob Gronkowski may not play in this game. He's doubtful with the rib injury. I think Cam Brate's somebody that you can think about entertaining, even though the New England Patriots are solid against tight ends and they have a lot of options the Buccaneers so that's what kind of deters me from it but if you really need somebody and you're desperate can break somebody to entertain if Rob Gronkowski doesn't end up dressing in this game as for the defenses Patriots defense I'm probably not going to do but the Buccaneers defense you're definitely going to go because Mac Jones could easily turn the football over here let's go to our last matchup one that is just chock full of possible fantasy points over under a 52 Chargers Hosting the Raiders, Chargers are favored by three and a half points. Justin Herbert and Derek Carr, you're starting them both because Derek Carr is playing out of his mind right now. And until that stops, I'm not, I'm not getting out of the fire. Just not. It's Derek Carr, I have him as my quarterback back eight right now, and this is the test for Derek Carr because Brandon Staley and his defense are really good. Their secondary. They're on point. Asante Samuel's playing out of his mind right now. Has two interceptions of the season. You have Derwin James. You have a good pass rush with Joey Bosa. You have a good defense. One of the best defensive minds in football, Brennan Staley, who's adapted so well to his role as a head coach so far with the Chargers. So Derek Carr doesn't do well here. You can stop kind of losing faith a little bit, but the guy is just slinging the football. I had 386 yards last week, 382 at Pittsburgh, and then 435 in primetime at Baltimore. Now, he's played in two overtime games, so I think it's you have to kind of acknowledge that as well. It's a little bit more fantasy points when you, you have an extra quarter to kind of go through. But Carter's been getting it done, and I think you, I think you got to stick with him. I think you do. Justin Herbert, like I said, obviously you're going to. Austin Eckler, definitely. And then you look at these... What's going on with the Raiders' backfield? Josh Jacobs is questionable. He returned to practice on a limited basis. you got to wait to kind of find out. It's a Monday night game, so I'm probably not going to even take the risk if I have any of these guys. 
Josh Jacobs, if I got more confirmation that he was going to play, I would think about it. But you got John Gruden coming out here saying, oh, Peyton Barber, I am not hesitant to give him the full role. So it's like, oh, my gosh, what's going on with this backfield? I, I don't even want to entertain it. Kenyon Drake, he's somebody who's used a lot as a receiver, which you love, but he's not going to get that primary role. So I, I don't really want to go down that path of of Raiders wide receiver or running backs with one of the main one being banged up and possibly not playing on Monday because you don't have another option at that point. So you're probably just going to bench bench him. Mike Williams, easy start. Keenan Allen, easy start. Hunter Renfro, I think is a low end wide receiver three. Good better for PPR leagues than he is standard and full point PPR leagues just because he's seeing so many targets. I think Brian Edwards is an interesting player. Just wish he saw more more opportunity. Somebody to kind of stash on your bench because it's a prime time game. A lot of people are going to be watching in deep three wide receiver leagues. Maybe you can entertain it as a flex option, but there's probably better options out there because it could easily be Henry Ruggs who can kind of go off, who has two straight games that are above 10 points, which is really good for Henry Ruggs, somebody who has had a slow start to his career. Like I said, the Chargers have a good secondary. They're a good team. I think you could do better than Henry Ruggs. I don't have him ranked in my top 35. But if you're in a pinch, you have to go in that direction. It's a high over-under game. There should be a lot of passing. But you know the passing game runs through Darren Waller, who you're obviously going to play. So Henry Ruggs, I think you could probably get away from him here. If you need to start him deeper leagues with, uh, with a lot of the starting spots, then yeah, you can go that direction. I think Jared Cook, obviously Darren Waller you're starting. Jared Cook is somebody you can play as well, and it's gross because he had three targets, caught two of them for 27 yards last week, but he's has that touchdown upside. He has the ninth amount of air yards out of any tight end, plays about 60% of the snaps, has about 13% target share in this offense. He's run 82 routes, so he's, he's out there running routes, just hasn't connected quite yet. I have Jared Cook right now ranked as my tight end, I want to say 12. So be somebody can entertain for sure. Hopefully he scores a touchdown primetime Monday night game. It's the, it's the Raiders defense that can give up some fantasy points to the tight end position. So that's kind of where I'm at there. These defenses, Chargers, I mean, I'm not going to probably start either of these defenses. There should be a lot of scoring here, but I'd probably rather start the Chargers than the Raiders if I'm going to be honest with you. All right, everybody, that was Falato's Fantasy Corner here on the Big Blue View Radio Network. Please check out everything we're doing over there at Big Blue View. And also, best of luck this week with your fantasy matchups. Get that dub, get that win, get another step closer to taking home your fantasy crown. Everybody, take care. Have a lovely one. Be safe. And one more thing before I go, I may not be around next week. There could be a possibility that the podcast will not be available next week. I'm going to try to do rankings, but I have to go mobile for a little bit, and I won't be at my home base here in Phoenix. So that could be a possibility, just putting that out there so you're not blindsided by it. Alrighty, everybody, take care.